We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. 
the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm Clay Link, joined by Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at Jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. Uh, one of the final podcasts for us, at least of the regular season, Jake, we got off next week because it'll be Christmas Eve. Uh, but it's, it's been a fun season overall. Last week was about as miserable as it gets, though, for me uh, personally. Great season, but really disappointing note. I was still able to secure a uh, points prize in, in two different leagues and still alive in one of my best ball leagues, but most of my season long, I mean, wow, tough break after another was favored in many playoff matchups, uh, but came out on the lose again. And in fact, uh, in my season long, I, I have no more. Uh, nothing nothing left. Yeah, Clay, Everything's gone. Clay came out last week, and he met Team Latarski in the Doug Baldwin train and was unfortunately uh, eliminated. Uh, I mean, I only made it in three or five leagues, but I'm still alive in all three of those leagues, nice. uh, hoping for some cash here. Uh, hopefully a nice Christmas holiday. Yeah, I was, I was looking like I was going to lose out on one of those regular season points titles uh, in one league. Thankfully, Odell Beckham came through on Monday and pushed me up to just to where uh, – I was able to to secure that title, and that, that's good. I think it's only fair that you pay out for most points, and I, we talked about that a bit last week, just because it's so fluky. I think in that league, uh, the the league we're in together, that ten teamer, most points like points against. I think I had, well, yeah, it was a, it was a ten team league with sixteen making the playoffs. I had most points and missed the playoffs. Points against sixteen twenty eight. Uh, the second highest, fourteen ninety nine. So, uh, tough pill to swallow. I mean, you had sixteen twenty eight points scored against you, and th- remember that is zero PPR, completely standard mm-hmm. scoring. So, uh, generally low scoring to begin with, and, there's and that some- was more points than I had as the points leader. Exactly, and I mean, I yeah, right on. And I I've seen leagues that are full PPR where you don't see sixteen sixteen and a half points mm-hmm. against for the whole season. So. Uh, yeah, all about tough breaks. I guess that's uh, the life of a fantasy analyst. That's fantasy for you. And I still got daily, and again, the, the best ball. I, I like the best ball format. Saves me for myself, you know. Yep. I always, I mean, not always, but every now and then you'll make one crucial error. And that's one part of, you know, being the points leader and missing the playoffs is one crucial error on a given week, you know, and you lose that matchup. Uh, you know, it, gets, it could seem obvious. And that actually happened in one league where I – you know, early on, I, I swapped out Phil Rivers for Tyrod Taylor. You know, late in the season, that would have been justifiable. But early on, I think it was like week three or something like that, after a big game for Tyrod, and he really kind of crapped the bed, and, and Phil Rivers went off. So uh, that was kind of you know shooting myself in the foot right there. Yeah, We've all got those tough. types of stories. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Thankfully, though, uh, here at Rotowire, the fantasy fantasy world never stops, and we're both big baseball guys. Had that baseball magazine mock draft last night. That was fun. So I'll just you know just start to focus my attention uh, exclusively on that after this podcast. But uh, Jake got a lot of games to get through. We're going to be running down the entire week fifteen slate, starting with tonight's game: Buccaneers at Rams. Rams two and a half point favorites over under forty one. Uh, you know, typically this game on paper you know, wouldn't excite me much, but I really like Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Todd Gurley is uh, a guy that you always want to get eyes on. and He was limited earlier in the week, but not injury-related, only for rest. Do you expect him to be, you know, 
at full strength, not really have his legs under him and, and ready to roll after that bounce back week last. Yeah, week. yeah. This Thursday game on uh, on NFL Network, not pay per view. I believe. I think we've had a little bit too much UFC in our lives lately. But yes, no. Back to the question. Uh, Rotowire has Todd Gurley as the number three ranked running back this week. Uh, faces a Tampa Bay run defense that has been. Hit or miss this year, it really depends kind of how the game plays out, I guess, to see. But actually, uh, I shouldn't say hit or miss. Tampa Bay number eight in the league, giving up 94.1 rushing yards per game. So surprisingly good run defense led by Levante David, Gerald McCoy, those guys who are getting back to health. So that's going to help. But if you have Todd Gurley and you're in the playoffs, I can think of no reason why you wouldn't start him this evening. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I'm going to be watching this game, just looking for some, uh, some Todd Gurley action because I do own him in two formats. Where I'm in the playoffs, he's a big part of helping me get there despite some recent disappointments. Uh, I mean, last week was excellent. A few short stretch before that was rough. Yeah, but, definitely. But, I mean, Gurley's a must-start. And you're looking at the other side of the football, Doug Martin's a must-start as well. You have to start Mike Evans, especially with Vincent Jackson ruled out due to a knee injury. <laughs> and even Jameis, I mean, yeah, maybe tough time starting him with a ton of confidence in the playoffs, especially with the Rams' defense having one of the best pass rushes in the National Football League. Uh, nonetheless, he's a starter in a two-quarterback league still, I think. Yeah, I definitely think so. It could be a tough tough sledding with Jackson out, but I think you know if he zeroes in on Evans, uh, gets some you – know, he, he's had – had it made kind of in terms of getting contributions in the run game. I mean, almost more so than any other QB in the league, just with the ground game uh, really helping ease the burden on him and in his rookie year. And I think that's been kind of an under understated part of his success so far this season. But uh, getting back to Gurley for a second, uh, Buccaneers top 10 league in terms of limiting points to opposing running backs. Uh, they rank uh, bottom. They rank ninth in terms of fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs in standard leagues, thirteen and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting Gurley, but if we're playing like a short daily tournament, uh, I may go Martin I- instead here. Yeah, I, I I still have a tough time with that uh, St. Louis run defense there. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know what? On paper, the Buccaneers' run defense is technically better than the Rams. Rams giving up 115.9 yards per game. But a lot of that, I think, is at least partially due to the fact that the Rams are getting behind in games. They're not really getting much Mm -hmm. offensively outside of Gurley. So the Rams are getting behind, and other teams are running the ball a lot more in an effort to kind of wear out the clock and wrap the game up. So I think that's why we're seeing uh, that that type of discrepancy there. And you have to take into consideration some of these outside factors when looking at these defensive statistics. Yeah, I'm with you there. Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's a guy you may consider in season long if you're – you know, you've been hit at tight end. I know he disappointed in a pretty major way last week, but uh, you maybe, you know, have a short memory and, and jump back on him this week. In a consolation league, I'm looking at a Safarian Jenkins Zach Ertz combo. Uh, both seemingly have pretty tough matchups. I'm leaning towards Ertz, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't put Safarian Jenkins too far out of the top 15. I like his upside. Yeah, I think it's. It's tough to to justify starting him after he played just 25 snaps last week. Uh, But with Vincent Jackson out, I think, uh, you know, if you're in a desperate spot, you could could make that play. Uh, Moving on to Saturday's games here. uh, 
other games on Saturday? Yeah, just the one okay. game on Saturday. It's, okay, yeah, uh, I was like, I wasn't sure if that Cowboys. was a typo. Nope, that was not a typo. Huh. We got Saturday games this week, ladies and gentlemen. There are only, I think there are only seven noon, well, noon central, seven 1 p.m. Eastern games on Sunday. It's very spread out throughout the week. Of course, you have your Thursday game, one Saturday game this week. I think they can finally do that with college football starting yeah. to back off a little bit. And it's a pretty good one. It's the Jets and the Cowboys. Jets are three-point road favorites in Jerry World, and... I mean, after what Aaron Rodgers did to the Cowboys last week, I, I can see Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. I think they're both starts in a fantasy playoff matchup and could have a big day. I believe, I read a statistic somewhere, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, this duo, one of the two of them have has caught a touchdown pass like every single week uh, since week seven or wow. something like that. And that's almost, uh, I mean, that, that's right up there with, uh, you know, you talk about Randy Moss and Chris Carter or... Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, uh, maybe more well, fantasy-wise, yeah. you know, you think of guys like that. So they've really been uh, uh, excellent players. And, uh, you know, I was asked earlier today who the biggest fantasy surprises of the season, and I very much think it's Brandon Marshall just because, I mean, very modest ADP and the production that you have to go along with that. I mean, look at Brandon Marshall on the 2015 season through 13 games 89 catches almost 1200 yards and 11 touchdowns i mean this he's basically everything that des bryant owners wish they had Mm -hmm. yeah i remember you were talking a little bit about that before coming on the show and uh freeman immediately popped to mind but i think marshall is actually uh i mean maybe not more surprising but over the course of the entire season the production has been more consistent and with that move to New York you know I expected him kind of go to the way of like a Percy Harvin to be quite honest not really just completely fall off like that but really just kind of be an afterthought uh, mm-hmm. in that offense because I didn't really think they'd, they'd want to throw the ball a lot but having that combo I mean it's only only makes sense to put it in the air yeah absolutely Brandon Marshall three straight games of 125 plus yards that's uh let's see 800-yard receiving games on the season. He's racking up the yards. He's racking up the catches. He's racking up the touchdowns. And this is all at 31 years old. So I think he has a couple decent seasons left in him. And finally, or I mean, I shouldn't say finally found a system because if this, if he, if he hasn't proved it in the past, it almost doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, what he did to the Cowboys. What about what they did on the ground to, to Dallas as well? Uh, that makes me want to consider... You know, guys like Ivory and by Lyle Powell, who had a pretty nice game last week. Uh, if you had to you know, pick one, I'd, I'd imagine it'd be Ivory. But of course, um, do you think he's kind of a guy that in, in daily tournaments you're gonna you're gonna lock in? Ivory, you know, I yeah. can see that with Ivory. I mean, Powell, I couldn't really use in a daily lineup. I don't think, but. You're looking at a lot of different uh, backfield situations that got that got shook up this week. You talk about Legarrette Blunt in New England, Jonathan Stewart in Carolina. Uh, those guys ruled out already. T.J. Yeldon's pretty banged up in Jacksonville, um, and of course Thomas Rawls in Seattle. A lot of owners are finding themselves in a spot where it's time to you know scrounge for a running back. And I've been fortunate enough to get guys like Denard Robinson, Fozzie Whitaker. I guess we'll get to those guys a little bit later. But I mean, Belial Powell, if you are just strapped for running backs and you're you're in a PPR format I think you could maybe count on seven or eight points out of Powell and at least I mean it's a whole lot better than taking a zero or it's just just some completely deep flyer or unknown and he had the touchdown last week I mean he could he could put up 15 for you I mean that's probably Mm -hmm. the upside but that's yeah the ceiling Mm -hmm. I don't know it's it's risky but I also think that they're gonna be even on the road here 
kind of dominate this game and just kind of run it down their throats. I, I, I like Marshall Decker. I think you start them both, but I think the second half, mm-hmm. uh, they just ride the running game. Uh, and for Dallas, uh, I mean, watching Des Bryant last week was really sobering, kind of. I mean, he just was terrible. Dropping passes. I remember there was that one. I mean, he had a ton of drops. I, I don't know exactly how many, but it uh, seemed like a million if you were watching that game. Remember that one where he just jumped in the air, like unnecessarily, just leaped and tried to catch it and it just bounced right off his hands? Is he even like a, a, start, a startable option this week? Because I think he's, you know, like a wide receiver four. Yeah, you know what? I'm starting to think about that in the same light, too. Actually, in our league that we have, it's a 10 team league, so I should be able to find somebody on the waiver wire that can potentially replace him. But, uh, I mean, the fourth place team here, Skeet Skeet Pete, I uh, got Randall Cobb. <laughs> Des Bryant and Sammy Watkins, which was which I thought was stellar at the start of the year, mm-hmm. but now I'm really having second thought about Des Bryant against the Jets. That's tough. I mean, the only problem is my other guys on the bench. I'm sitting with like Travis Benjamin, Doriel Green Beckham, Devontae Parker. None of those guys are really that reliable in mm-hmm. a sense. I don't know. I just I think a lot of it's in Des's head. He knows he's pretty much the only talent they have on offense these days, and he feels like he has to do so much of it himself and I don't know maybe I'm I don't want to speak for the man I'm sure he's he's very opinionated on the topic himself but I I just I wish he'd kind of get over maybe that mental hump that is uh that is really preventing him from producing even when he's getting catchable balls I I do think there's that mental hurdle hump uh whichever but also I mean Matt Castle is just bad too and his numbers with him under center are, are appalling really it's amazing that a guy of Dez's caliber could be relegated to uh, really just a guy that you don't even think about. Now, um, Jeff Erickson still has Dez in, in the starting spectrum among wide receivers in most leagues, 31 among wide receivers. Certainly could see it. Uh, but do you happen to know Darrell Revis' status? Darrell Revis' status? Not really that could uh, be, offhand. I'm going to take a look right now. It'll be that just could play a, second, a factor. But that would play a factor. I, I mean, I, I would say, imagine that if Revis suits up um, – like yeah, he, he should be. He, he should be fine. Yeah, he should be fine. Uh, he did play. I don't have a snap count from last week, but he did suit up and record two tackles. I mean, we never really look at him as an IDP guy just because no. quarterbacks don't throw his way, uh, you know, even though he does have three interceptions on the year, which is decent considering the amount of times he's targeted. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that could also throw a wrench into the production of Des Bryant. Moving on to Sunday's games, Bears at Vikings. Big implications in the north here with the Vikings fighting to stay in the postseason hunt. Uh, they're favored by five and a half, over under 43. Adrian Peterson, uh, number one back this week. I think no-brainer as far as that goes. Heard some people talking. Uh, well, just saw him on Twitter. I was just kind of spectating on their conversation about, you know, if we're talk- looking ahead to next year, you know, given the, the turnover at, at running back this year, the – lackluster production of a lot of the backs who went in the first round. Is Peterson really the only guy that you can justify taking in the first round of, you know, say, a 12-team draft next year among running backs? Yeah, I mean, you're going to want to watch the Le'Veon Bell injury yeah, during the offseason because I think, uh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell hasn't really earned an injury-prone label yet. I mean, he, there are suspensions and he's missed time for other various reasons. But especially in a PPR format, the way the Steelers use the running backs, I think Le'Veon Bell uh, should definitely warrant first-round consideration. Beyond that, however— Him and Gurley, probably. Yeah, him and—well, yeah, Gurley, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'd have a tough time 
even with a guy like Doug Martin, who's been stellar this mm-hmm. year, or LaShawn McCoy or Eddie Lacy, those are typical first-round names. But, I mean, if I learned anything from this year, I'm probably going receiver heavy in the early rounds of yeah. next year's drafts. I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, Beckham, Julio Jones, probably. I mean, I'd still put Julio up there. Antonio Brown, for sure. Uh, probably Demarius, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. He's a yeah. first-rounder. I mean, we talk about biggest su- surprises, breakout guys, mm-hmm. easily right up there. Big-time keeper candidate, Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I don't know about Brandon Marshall in the first round, but you know, probably, mid to late second yeah. round, I could, I could rationalize that the way he's been used this year. Yeah, I mean— I even think, you know, I'll probably be taking guys like Martavis Bryant over a lot of those middle-tier running backs, too. I just want to uh, stock up on, on solid receivers. Plus, I'm just going like how I've done – I mean, I've done it in football, too. But in baseball, you know, you, you buy the you buy the skills, not the role or the uh, production from the previous year. And you want to do that in football, too, but I think even more so you want to – you. Know, Look at a guy like Martavis Bryant or these just stud type of receivers and really stock up on them because uh, that breakout is coming, like with Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on. Falcons at Jaguars. Jaguars, three-point favorites over under 49. Is This this is the second highest over under uh, of the week, and I really like what the Jags have been doing on offense. Allen Hearns, I thought it was a nice target last week. He had a solid game just because Robinson is really making a name for himself now. Uh, is this your DFS stack of the week game here? Well, I made two lineups today, one of them uh, on the DraftKings uh, Roto-Wire Challenge, which we'll mention a little bit later in the show there. And uh, let's see, I, I think I used Aaron Rodgers in that one. But in another lineup I made, I, I did a stack of uh, Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson, and Julius Thomas. I think that, that, is, uh, that that's a solid foundation and as good of a stack as any to try out this week. Yeah, I, I could certainly see that. I'm not going the other way in Matt Ryan just because things have been tough for him. And, you know, for, for Julio, again, I'd still love the player, the talent. Uh, next year I think he'll be better, but it's just hard to trust with, with Matt Ryan playing as poorly as he is. I actually really like Julio Jones and Daly this week. He's been in a lot of my lineups, even the ones that feature the Jaguars, just because – uh, I mean, he's had a few off weeks. His ownership will be kind of lower mm-hmm. a little bit, or you would think. And, I mean, who's Jacksonville got running as their top cover corner lately? Is it Devon House? Uh, Something like that. So. Yeah, I believe that's what, uh, what Rotowire's own Jaguars fan, Nick Whalen, told me this morning. Yeah, Devon House. <laughs> so I think Julio Jones should have no problem with that matchup unless they find a way to triple cover him on every play. Uh, I believe that the Falcons will find a way to get their best offensive playmaker the ball. And for those reasons, uh, I'm really liking Julio this week and daily. And especially because, you know, you look at some of the other top receivers that you want to build your lineups around. Antonio Brown's got Denver this week. That's going to be a tough matchup. And uh, even Odell Beckham, uh, people like to, you know, he's going to he's the highest priced receiver uh, across. I don't know. Maybe I checked out a half dozen daily sites today. And Odell Beckham is always the highest priced receiver and rightfully so. He's going to draw Josh Norman and the Panthers on mm-hmm. Sunday, so that makes you a little bit wary. And I feel like out of all the top receiver options, I'm really, uh, I'm really high on Julio this week. Yeah, I, I think this would probably be the week to, to jump back on him in daily, uh, just because yeah, he's really kind of reached contrarian play status after these, uh, you know, these headaches uh, the past several weeks. Now the run game for for Jacksonville, T.J. Yeldon, no practice Thursday. Dealing with that knee injury, Friday's injury report will, will give light as to his official designation heading into Sunday. But 
the Florida Times Union suggesting he's not going to play. Jeff Erickson has Denard Robinson as a top 10 back this week. Uh, aggressive, but I kind of like it. It is a plus matchup. He had a good game last week. Is he somebody that in, in season long, uh, I know you do the, the waiver wire podcast. Was he a guy that you touted pretty hard? Yeah, he, he is one that we touted uh, very hard, actually, going into this week. Uh, there's a lot to like here. Of course, uh, I think we led with Tim Hightower this week, and just in case he's available. But uh, I actually <laughs> like Denard Robinson more than Tim Hightower uh, for a variety of reasons. One, the matchup is a whole lot better uh, with uh, against Atlanta run defense. And two, there's just not a whole, at least there's not a whole lot behind him uh, <laughs> when it comes to the Jacksonville backfield. I mean, of course, Toby Gerhardt out for the year. But if Yeldon doesn't play, then you're sitting with Joe Banyard and Jonas Gray behind him, former practice squad legends in their respective uh, yeah. organizations here. So Denard Robinson, I mean, Jacksonville gives one back the ball. I mean, T.J. Yeldon's getting a solid 25 carries game, something along those lines. So if, uh, I mean, if you give Robinson the ball that many times, that's big production. And, and I have a hard time, you know, stacking Bortles and Robinson and uh, and Robinson, Allen Robinson too, mm-hmm. and, and Julius Thomas all in the same daily lineup. But, I mean, the millionaire maker won that a few weeks back doing it with the Steelers. So, you know, why not the Jaguars this week? I can I can very much see that. But I bid, a, I bid $25 on Yeldon in one league. That was all the money that I had left. It's in our 16th. On Robinson? No, yeah, on Robinson. Okay. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, that's fine. It, that's in our 16-team staff league. I saw him out there. I had to get him. Uh, especially with me losing Jonathan Stewart in a couple of leagues this this week, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm big time on Robinson. It's big to have that Fab money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just 25 to make sure I got him. Mm-hmm. And you know, the leader that I'm playing in the playoffs this week, he has 25 as well. You can also look to Denard Robinson on DraftKings. Of course, you want to confirm that Yeldon's been ruled out, but just 4600 on DraftKings for uh, for yeah. Robinson, and that could be in for a big time game. And his ownership will be high, that's yeah. for sure but it'll be well worth it and with reason. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I'm going to at least make a couple lineups with him in there. Uh, moving on, though, Texans at Colts. No odds available in this one. This one could be a, an eyesore of a game. Could be Charlie Whitehurst versus TJ Yates uh, for first place of the AFC South, no less. So that's uh, not something I expected to say at any point this season. But uh, considering that those two guys could be under center, and he, and he Reason to go after wideouts in daily. I mean, Hopkins, I think you play in season long because you have to, and I think he's still a solid enough play, but uh, you're paying up for that price. Is there room to profit at their, at a price for a guy like Hopkins? I don't know. I think the upside might be a little bit limited with Hopkins. Of course, he's a must-play in every season-long league, both him and T.Y. Hilton. I'd put in that, cat in, in that status. But really, for Daly, you have really no idea what T.Y. Hilton's going to be able to do if Char- Charlie Whitehorse is a quarterback. That's as much of a gamble as you're going to get. Uh, so, I mean, Hilton, you start in your season long. You just call him Whitehorse? Whitehorse? <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Whitehurst? I'm kidding. I think I'm saying it too fast, but yeah, Whitehorse. Uh, just popular no, express, just you know, triple twenty, triple nineteen, triple eighteen, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay, but anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Charlie Whitehurst. Who knows what you're going to get there? So I think Hilton, just because of his status as the top target and the fact that the Colts might find themselves behind, got to play Hilton in season long too. Mm-hmm. Probably he got you there. DeAndre Hopkins is ex- as close to matchup and quarterback proof as it gets, but uh, the confidence level isn't enough. Uh, for me to be paying in the eight nine thousand mm-hmm. range in daily formats, yeah, I just think this game is just a black hole, one to completely avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, you know. Whoever wins a million dollars in daily this week probably have a couple players from this game. 
but I just don't see anywhere, you know, aside from Hilton, Hopkins, uh, season-long options, I just don't see anybody else. Uh, and even those guys, I just don't think you can really profit because it's not like their prices have fallen uh, dramatically on DraftKings. Moving on, Panthers at Giants over under 49. Uh, Panthers favored by five in this one. Really a remarkable run here. But the big question is, is Odell Beckham versus Josh Norman. Beckham has reached, I mean, he's matchup proof, I'd say, easily. I mean, he's an incredible talent. I actually think I'd take him number one overall next year ahead of Antonio Brown. Uh, but this will be a big test for him. You know, this will be big because uh, the Giants really really need to knock off the Panthers this week to, to stay relevant. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, of course, you have to start back in your season-long leagues. But I think his price has climbed a little bit too much. Where I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to take this risk in daily. I love mm-hmm. ODB. I think uh, I, I still think there's a good chance he ends up with 100 yards and a touchdown. But you look on DraftKings, he's 9200 and that is $500 more than any other player period on DraftKings. So Antonio Jeez. Brown checks in at number two at 8700 But at that price for Odell Beckham against Josh Norman, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm, uh, like I said, I'm going Julio Jones at 8500 Even some A.J. Green at 7900 Now I know he's got McCarron, but it didn't matter last week. I don't really see why it would this week. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I like Odell Beckham a lot. I might put him in one or two lineups, you know, out of, out of a dozen or so, because I always pick the daily up towards the end of the season because there's a lot more information to go off of. But might, might put him in one just as a safety net so I can salvage the week in case he does have a 3-4 touchdown game. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, that price is just a little bit too steep for me. Yeah, I think this is probably the week to fade in daily. But, uh, again, if, you, if you're diversifying your, your DFS portfolio, probably best to have him in at least one of your lineups, especially mm-hmm. in DraftKings where it's PPR format. You know he's going to get a ton of targets. As good as Norman is, Odell Beckham is really kind of a transcendent talent. I think he'll, you know, end up with a fine PPR game. Uh, just don't know if he's going to profit at, at that price that you mentioned. What do you make of, you know, just kind of generally of this Carolina backfield situation? All right, well, we got John Stewart ruled out. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing with Stewart ruled out, Cameron Artis Payne will be active. I can't, in good conscience, advise picking up and starting Cameron Artis Payne just because of his very limited experience on the field this this year. So he's a lot of an unknown, uh, maybe a deep dart in a tournament because he's going to be bottom barrel price. But uh, overall, from this backfield, if you're in a PPR format, full PPR especially, I do kind of like Fozzie Whitaker, to be honest. I don't know, maybe this is just a little bit of a gut feeling. He's minimum priced on DraftKings. I believe it's $3,000, so a decent... uh, Decent tournament play, I think. And, of course, DraftKings is full PPR, so you have to take that into consideration. But, I mean, Fozzie Whitaker, after Stewart got pulled, he got eight carries in that mm-hmm. game last week against Atlanta. And as long as uh, the Panthers are able to keep up kind of their normal routine and stay ahead in this mm-hmm. game, which will be tough with the injury situation, I think, uh, you know, Whitaker get, could get some carries. Even if he splits carries with Artis Payne, Whitaker's still the third down back, and he could get four or five receptions. So I actually picked up Whitaker in two leagues, and I think in one league I'm starting Whitaker over both C.J. Spiller and Rashad Jennings. Wow. That's interesting. I think uh, that's justifiable, though. I mean, that's, it's full PPR. Yeah. I think uh, I think I have to now. Maybe that's me overthinking it come playoff time. But I also need to make these decisions to secure some cash, and yeah, and that's what I think is best at this time. Well, we'll continue running down week uh, fifteen. But first, we've partnered with our friends at DraftKings to run an exclusive RotoWire Fantasy Football contest. 
the final four weeks of the football season. Rotowire podcast listeners can participate against each other and Rotowire podcast hosts to earn a seat in the Rotowire Fantasy Football Championship in Week 17. The Week 15 qualifier is now live. It's just $5 to enter. The winner takes home $100 and a, st- and a seat in the Week 17 Championship. Join in on the fun now. Sign up at rotowire.com slash DraftKings. That's rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Uh, and Jake will jump to Titans at Patriots. Patriots 15.5-point favorites here. Uh, you, you don't typically see spreads like this, but it's actually not even the biggest spread of the week. That's Seahawks over, over Cleveland. But Patriots at home against the Titans, big favorites over under 46.5. Uh, great to see Gronk back last week. It was too little too late. Uh, I guess, you know, he just he had a fine game, but it just wasn't enough to push me over the hump in, in the league that I had him in. But uh, for looking at the Patriots' backfield now, we talked about the Panthers uh, if we look at the Patriots' backfield, you know, LeGarrette Blunt. what do you make of him? I mean, LeGarrette Blunt out for the season. Oh, that's that right. Injury. So uh, we're sitting here looking at James White, and we're looking that's, at Brandon right. Bolden. And mm-hmm. we featured Brandon Bolden on our waiver wire podcast this week. So, uh, I mean, as, as a solid potential pickup, and I would have to agree with that. I think, you know, the New England backfield is so hard to predict on a week-to-week basis. So I do rate guys – like Denard Robinson or like Tim Hightower or even higher than Bolden because we just never know. I mean, James White didn't get any carries until he ran in a touchdown f- from the two-yard line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, James White's been using been used a little bit out of the backfield. He's their primary pass-catching option out of the backfield. Even, you know, maybe might motion out with the slot here and there. And, you know, I like James White for that. But apparently uh, Julian Edelman returned to practice uh, – uh, Tuesday, Wednesday oh. was the second practice back, and the Boston Globe had a report that said how crisp and quick he looked. And, I mean, that's just one reporter's observation probably, but he's probably going to be back in practice. I would imagine he has a chance to play. I don't know if uh, – I mean, the Patriots have a playoff spot here pretty secure. So, or I believe they clinched. Yeah, I think they mm-hmm. clinched. So, uh, you know, there's no reason to really force him out there too fast. But if Edelman plays, maybe that draws back from White a little bit, just, you know, being that slot-type receiver. I think Brandon Bolden – would probably be the back to start in this land, in in this backfield, but I'm not confident enough in that to start him in either the fantasy playoffs or daily formats. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think White probably the guy. You know, I saw I saw Blonde go down, but I guess I just after uh, such a miserable week, I just kind of tuned out as far as uh, the long term implications of that injury. But that, that is a tough blow. I think it'd be wise probably. I mean, you don't want to rush a guy like Edelman back, but the Patriots, they are in the driver's seat for a bye again. It's probably good to, to, to try to secure that as soon as possible mm-hmm. in a game that, you know, they, they probably don't need him in this game, but uh, owners would certainly like to, to have him. And if you were able to, to pick him up, you know, if he was dropped, which I imagine he was in, in several leagues, able to get him up, uh, get him picked up into your lineup, could be a huge difference maker down the stretch because I know our own Jeff, er, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Liss, at a certain point in the season, had Edelman as the number one uh, receiver. Yeah, in PPR, I can rationalize that. And even if he doesn't play, uh, you got to pick him up in all keeper formats because I'm guessing you'll be able to get him for possibly less money on the waiver wire than what you paid for him at auction. Or if you get him as a 0 or $1 player, he's a top keeper for next year. Bills at Redskins, this is a pick 'em over under 44. You know, 
this is a game, another game that's kind of a fantasy black hole as far as I'm concerned. But Sammy Watkins, solid play. But but on the Bills, uh, other Bills players, I mean, I, I do like Watkins season long. But I think on the road in this matchup, Tyrod Taylor's a guy I'm probably going to avoid and if I can. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Uh, probably probably sit in that respect. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is a safe play in season long. I'm not so sure I'm going out of my way to use him in daily. That's a little bit more of a stretch. Although uh, Washington does have the number 24-ranked run defense in the league, giving up over 120 yards on the ground per game. So the matchup's actually pretty good for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you will have to pay up for him in daily, but I think he there's a decent chance he returns those dividends. On the other side of the ball, I believe Deshaun Jackson's still a little bit banged up, so he's far from a safe play yet. I'm not touching any of those uh, uh Washington Redskins running backs, whether it's Alfred Morris or Matt Jones or, you know, the banged up Chris Thompson or even Pierre Thomas working his way in there. Um, or, or I'm not really touching Kirk Cousins. Uh, Jordan Reed, though, probably a top five tight end for the week. Yeah, I'll just say the Redskins, I mean, you mentioned their uh, the number as far as yards per game allowed on the ground. Only six rushing TDs, which is a respectable number, but I could I think McCoy makes for a, a really solid play. Uh Sixth among among running backs on Jeff's value meter this week. I, I think yeah, season long you probably have to play him. Uh, I just think there's, you know, f- running back has been so volatile. I still think there's enough. Uh, you can play the matchups in daily and squeeze value out of the running back position mm-hmm. uh, because I, I want to pay up for those top flight uh, wide receivers in, in daily. Is that something you've been doing in daily? Is Especially just, in know, cash games. Yeah. I think those a lot of those wide receivers have a higher floor than some of these running backs. So. I'm making Denard Robinson, Tim Hightower, Fozzie Whitaker type daily lineups in an effort to get guys like Julio Jones, mm-hmm. AJ Green, Odell Beckham, Allen Robinson in mind. Yeah, because you know it gets to a certain point among wide receivers where the upside is just capped. You know, it's those top flight receivers that really have that uh, huge ceiling. Even a guy like Allen Hearns, who I like, I mean, he's had you know I think he has like eight touchdowns on the year. But I don't think he has a multiple touchdown game. You know, he's solid, but he's not a guy who's going to get you 30 points. Yeah, yeah solid floor for Hearns, especially yeah. with their matchup this week. Absolutely. Chiefs at Ravens. Chiefs seven and a half point favorites on the road in this one, over under 41. Uh, Jeremy Macklin's been a guy that, you know, in that best ball league that I, I mentioned, has been a big, big factor in the second half. Do you expect him and this Chiefs passing attack to continue rolling in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, I've got a full PPR league where I'm going to be playing in the in the uh, semifinals in the playoffs this week, and I'm going to start out Antonio Brown, Jeremy Macklin, and Doug Baldwin, and I'm going to be very confident in that matchup with Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. Uh, 27-year-old Jeremy Macklin uh, having a pretty solid rest of the season. He was held out of the end zone last week, but uh, uh, 30 targets over the last three games and three touchdowns over that span, so he's really getting it going. I'm liking what he can do, and this Baltimore pass defense that was uh, that was torched pretty badly last week, mm-hmm. um, I, I have a lot of faith in Macklin being able to be a factor in this game. We got several more games to get to. We'll we'll kind of run through these pretty quickly, uh, kind of the, the lightning round of the podcast, if you will. But Browns at Seahawks, as we mentioned, uh, the largest uh, spread of the week at sixteen points. That's pretty amazing. Uh, this the Seattle passing attack is really heated up. You, you mentioned last week that you were going to start Doug Baldwin ahead of Randall Cobb, and I was, you know, I raised an eyebrow, but I mean, Doug Baldwin's been excellent. Tyler Lockett also great game. 
Uh, are you going back to the well with the Seattle passing attack? Yeah, I believe so. This Brown secondary is depleted. No more Joe Hayden for the rest of the year. That makes Tremont Williams their top cover corner. That's not helping a whole lot of people. And, uh, you know, just uh, the general secondary there. Of course, their safeties are pretty solid. But uh, the defensive backs are not what they once were. And uh, the run defense seemingly getting a little bit better. Seattle down to Bryce Brown, Fred Jackson, and Christine Michael on their depth chart. A situation I want to avoid from a fantasy standpoint. I think that's fantasy kryptonite to try to pick one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Bryce gonna, Brown yeah, is. Yeah. They're just going to do what works and uh, pass the ball. They're going to use Russell Wilson. I'd be willing to bet that Russell Wilson will be the leading rusher in this game. And if you had to say who's more likely to cover their massive spread, respectively, uh, Patriots or Seahawks? Oh, man. Both of them are at home. It, for me, it comes down to who do I like better, Marcus Mariota or Johnny Manziel? I think I like Marcus Mariota better, so I'm going to go Seahawks. More likely to cover. Yeah, I do too. Especially you know in Seattle. I mean, I mean Foxborough is no easy place to play either. But uh, I think just in Seattle, Johnny's going to really find himself over his head. Packers at Raiders. Raiders uh, underdogs by three at home. Over under 47. Packers. Yeah, it looked a lot better last week. Do you expect them to continue ramping up this running attack to ease the burden on Rodgers and these Packers receivers? Yeah, I would say so. I would say Lacey's a must-start. You can very well make a case for even starting Starks in a deeper format. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, uh, let's see, Randall Cobb, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, all those guys are must-starts in this game. 47, one of the highest over-unders of the week. You feel all right about Latavius Murray? I mean, that Packers run, he's been playing pretty pretty solid lately. So, uh, you know, I think if you're in the fantasy playoffs and you have Latavius Murray, uh, one, you probably caught a couple breaks elsewhere. Two, I don't know what else you'd have on your roster. You'd have to to either win big on the waiver wire or have some other guys worth starting this week uh, to really consider benching him. But overall, I think, uh, I mean, the Packers, I I don't want to call Murray a similar back to Forte, maybe in the numbers that they put up, but the Packers gave up a pretty big game to Forte this year, and I I still think there's enough upside for Murray, especially at home. Broncos at Steelers. Steelers, seven-point favorites over under 44.5. I really think the Steelers right now are the the favorites to win the Super Bowl. If I was in Vegas right now, I'd probably put a pretty sizable bet on them because while New England... uh, Great team. That just the injuries have depleted them, and the Steelers' offense, uh, even with the injury to Le'Veon Bell, still rolling right along. Marcus Wheaton even emerging as a guy as the solid number three option. Uh, but really, it's uh, you know Brown and Bryant. And, yeah, Brown and Bryant. That's you know having those two, and and Bryant. I mean Antonio Brown, obviously outstanding, but. Bryant's ability to separate downfield is really unbelievable. He's just an athletic specimen. Uh, but this is a pretty tough matchup. Broncos defense, even at home, Broncos defense has been good uh, all year. Expecting those guys to get them and you know for all the mouths to be fed in the Steelers offense. I mean, I'm definitely starting Antonio Brown in all my season-long formats. Probably going to fade him in daily, though, just in case he does see uh, quite a bit of uh, keep to lead there. I mean, he's really been a shutdown corner this year, and may, almost on the Josh Norman level. So, uh, you know, maybe fading him in daily just because of that risk, but uh, throwing him out there and still hoping for at least an eight-catch, hundred-yard game to to hopefully propel me to the playoff championship in the uh, two leagues that I own him in. Yeah, best of luck there. Dolphins at Chargers. Uh, surprised to see the Chargers actually. Favored again. For, I mean, I didn't expect to see that over the rest of the year. 
over under 46. Anybody in these in this matchup that you're liking, Lamar Miller, Daly? Yeah, Lamar Miller, I could see. I mean, starting him in season long, uh, Daly, I, I don't know, that's tough on the road, but the Chargers' defense has been atrocious, so I could see going to Lamar Miller. They need to get him the ball more. I mean, watch out for Jarvis Landry. Did not practice Thursday. Questionable. I actually just got that as a push notification on my on my phone. Quick plug for the Rotowire Fantasy News Center app on iOS mm-hmm. devices. Import, set up your watch lists and, uh, and get your custom notifications so i'm getting those as we come that's good to see uh but but yeah overall lamar miller is really the only lock especially with jarvis landry banged up here yeah you know i think this is a, a major contrarian play jeff erickson only has him like 49th on the value meter but i may throw a tournament lineup in you know low low risk uh you know only a couple bucks but throw a tournament lineup with jay ajay and look i get he only had 15 yards on five carries last week 2.9 yards per carry in his last four games but it's just a hunch, and you know, and mm-hmm. uh, if, if I'm playing a daily tournament, why the hell not yeah. just play your hunch? Your best bets for them to jump out to a huge lead and want to rest Lamar Miller, mm-hmm. and then use some Ajay, and then maybe hope for eighty and a touchdown, which would be huge for a minimum price player. Yeah, I mean, he looked great in the early going, averaged more than eight yards per carry. I just have a feeling he's going to bust one. You know, it's a total hunch again. Uh, but if I'm going to just play my gut in a tournament, again, I'm not going to put invest a lot of money in JGI, but diversifying my portfolio in daily, uh, I want at least one share there. Bengals at 49ers, 49ers uh, underdogs by 4.5 here, over under 40.5, pretty low over under. Anything, any expectations for McCarron? In this oh, one. You know, I could see McCarron being a tournament quarterback. I really wouldn't back off on A.J. Green in any way. I even put him in a daily lineup that I made already just because he was still solid after Dalton went out last week, and I think if, if McCarron knows what's good for him, he's going to target A.J. Green heavily, especially with Tyler Eifert a little bit banged up. Sean Drone? No. Uh, no? I learned my lesson in daily last week. I think <laughs> I had one of my worst weeks of the year in daily, mostly mm. because of Sean Drone. Yeah, it's – I mean, he was – Holding it down for a while, but um, I just don't think, especially in this matchup, that he's a very solid bet. Cardinals at Eagles. Cardinals three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, We talked about the Steelers in the the AFC. The Cardinals really looking like the team to beat in the NFC, as far as I'm concerned. They have this matchup, then a big showdown with the Packers in a couple weeks. Do you expect them to take care of business on the road, or do you think the Eagles could give them a run for their money? I agree. I think they'll take care of business on the road, and I'm trying to go out of my way to start Michael Floyd in this lineup. I'm in this week, back-to-back 100-yard games, 21 targets over the last two weeks uh, combined there. Uh, I'm really liking what he can do, especially as someone who's probably going to draw the second or third third cornerback in this Eagles defense. Eagles fast-paced, going to give the Cardinals plenty of time of possession. Going with Michael Floyd this week. Yeah, I'll I'll throw John Brown out there too. I mean, uh, always a threat to bust a long one. Lions at Saints. Saints three-point favorites over under 51. A lot of points expected in this one. Um, You mentioned Tim Hightower earlier. I picked him up in several leagues. Didn't have the cojones to give him a roll, though. Didn't start him. Uh, but in this matchup, after he proved something last week, are you going to give him a, a shot? Yeah, I'm absolutely giving him a shot. There's a lot to like here with Tim Hightower. 28 carries last week. Oh, That's insane. They weren't even giving Mark Ingram 28 carries. Apparently, they really just don't like C.J. Spiller or something. Maybe yeah, him and Sean Payton. Who knows? All speculation. But uh, I think he's a pretty safe play. He's not 
too high on the value meter this week. I believe he's outside of the top 15. Indeed, he is. He's outside of the top 20, checks in at 22. Uh, I do I do agree with Jeff in a sense where I like guys uh, such as Denard Robinson more than Hightower, but I'm not necessarily sure I like Bryce Brown more than Hightower. No. I would put Hightower over uh, Bryce Brown. I guess you know Jeff and I can agree to disagree there with the rankings. Uh, but overall, uh, Hightower, just the looks, solid fantasy yeah. option. I mean, not many touches. I mean, you, you don't really find that outside of a guy like Yeldon or, or somebody like that. You just yeah. haven't seen it this year. One last thing to add. I was putting you know a lot of lineups from that Atlanta-Jacksonville game. I'm going to go ahead and put some Stafford-Kelvin-Johnson lineups together this week because uh, uh, one of the highest over-unders of the week, Monday night. You know, I always love watching Monday night and trying and watching that that, that money go up on those daily mm-hmm. formats. So uh, not a bad stack there for, and also makes for an enjoyable Monday evening. Yeah, I'm with you because I also don't really expect Golden Tate to repeat what he did. Uh, it was a little too too late for fantasy owners. I know he's disappointed most this year, and uh, most probably weren't able to capitalize on that big week last week. But that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit. For a free contest entry today, also check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. DVR and Mario will be back with you tomorrow. knows that by the foot there's no better ride than an old station wagon room for six people facing forward two people facing backward and a whole lot of luggage lumber and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof if you can parallel park that beast you can park anything and with some quality parts and a little napa know-how you can keep your land ship running longer stronger it's not obsolete it's a rare treasure that's napa know-how napa This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.